Welcome to Drive Time Devotions. We're going through the book of Romans together. We're in the last chapter of Romans, Romans 16 this week, day three of our look at this chapter, verses 17 to 20. We have talked the last few days about unity that comes from our relationships in Jesus Christ, and Paul has commended many people for the fact that they had contributed to the unity and the growth of the church. And now in verse 17, he turns to talk about that which threatens the unity and the growth of the church. Let me read for you Romans 16, verses 17 to 19. I urge you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching you've learned. Keep away from them, for such people are not serving our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. By smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the minds of naive people. Everyone has heard about your obedience, so I am full of joy over you. But I want you to be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. Paul is just being honest here. He's saying there's a lot of great things in the church, a lot of great people in the church, but let's just be honest, there are some who cause divisions in the church. And he's speaking very specifically here. You see, in verse 17, he talks about those who cause divisions, place obstacles, and are contrary to the teaching of the Bible. These aren't just people that irritate you. These aren't just people that you have a disagreement with about parking spots at church. These are people who cause divisions, they place obstacles in the way of the gospel, and they're contrary to the teaching of the Bible. What do you do when you meet somebody like that? How do you handle that relationship? Well, Paul says here's three things that you do when you get involved in a relationship like this and a challenge like this. He says you watch out, you keep away, and you be wise. First, he says watch out. At the very beginning in verse 17, watch out for those who cause divisions. He says be aware of it. Watch out for it. There is the fact that not everyone is working for unity. So let's just be honest about that and watch out for it. How do you watch out? How do you recognize Someone who is not working for unity, who's causing divisions, who's working contrary to the teachings that you've learned. Well, I've learned in 30 years as a pastor that there's one key way to find out that somebody is working in this way in the church, and it is through gossip. When you see somebody who is a gossip, you see somebody who's causing divisions, who's putting obstacles, who's contrary to the teaching. In fact, later Paul says, by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the minds of naive people. Gossip is the sin, like no other sin, that can destroy the fellowship of a church because it breaks apart the unity that we need to serve one another in Jesus Christ. That's why when many times in the New Testament Paul gives a list of the most difficult and dangerous of sins, he includes gossip in that list. So if gossip has become a habit in your life recently, this is a reminder of the fact that it's not some little thing. It's extremely dangerous. And if listening to gossips has become uh, one of those little secret things that you think, well, it's not that bad, and I sort of enjoy it. It gives some excitement to the day. Paul says, watch out. Because in the end, what you get is not the thrill of some little morsel, some little tidbit of news that no one else knows. In the end, what you get out of a gossip is divisions and obstacles and the destruction of the teaching that's happened in people's lives. So watch out, Paul says. In fact, he says not only watch out, he says keep away. Keep away from them. Now, let me be clear about what the Bible's saying here. It's not saying to keep away from anyone that you disagree with about anything. This is saying keep away from those who cause divisions, who place obstacles contrary to the teaching of the Bible. It focuses on God's teaching 
if I disagree with someone about what kind of music should be sung in a church service, the Bible doesn't say you keep away from them. If I disagree with someone about what you should wear to church on a weekend, I don't keep away from them. But if somebody's causing divisions when it comes to the clear teaching of God's word, the Bible says you warn them once, but then you don't become involved in a relationship that's only an argument because that doesn't do anybody any good. When you become involved in a relationship with another believer that's only an argument, you think, well, I need to stay close to him so I can argue them back into the right way of thinking. When you become involved in a relationship that's only an argument, it does you bad and it does them bad. It does you bad because you get more and more angry, and all of a sudden, instead of focusing on doing good, you're focusing on winning the argument. And it does them bad because the more they argue, the more they harden their wrong position. So Paul says there's just some people to keep away from. Not forever, but for a time. Keep away while they're going in this direction. Watch out, keep away, and then he says, be wise. He says, I want you to be wise. I want you to be wise about what's good and innocent about what is evil. And Paul says, I want you to be wise because these people, in verse 18 he says, are serving their appetites and not the Lord. This idea of serving our appetites comes up a number of times in the New Testament. And the truth is, you'll never do away with your appetites as long as you live in a physical body in this planet, on this earth. But you do have a choice. I do have a choice about whether I'll serve those appetites. I may have appetites the rest of my life, but I have a choice about whether I'm going to serve those appetites. The needs that I have in my life are not to be served. Jesus is to be served. And when I get that straight, my day is going to go better. My month is going to go better. My life is going to go better. And Paul says, I want you to be careful that you don't become fooled. And he talks about them fooling and deceiving the minds of naive people. How do you not be naive? The way to be not naive in the faith is to spend time in God's word. Those who are most naive about God, most naive about Jesus' work in our lives, are those who spend the least amount of time getting to know God's word. He's given us his word to give us wisdom. And then after talking about that, Paul says, I want you to be wise wise about what's good, but innocent about what is evil. Now, many people read that and they think, how is that possible? How can I be innocent in this world today about what is evil? Evil is all around me. Well, yes, you will be impacted by evil, no doubt about that. You'll see evil. But Paul is saying here, you don't have to become a student of evil in order to defeat evil. You become a student of the good, because only the good can defeat the evil in the end. Satan can easily trick us into thinking, oh, I need to better understand evil, get more involved even in evil so that I can win those people who are evil out of their evil lifestyles. It never works. It never works because trying to defeat evil by evil or win evil with evil is never going to work. It's always good that triumphs over evil. So Paul says, forget that whole way of thinking. Be okay with being innocent about what's evil, even if the world laughs at you because that's not where real life is found anyway. Be wise about what's good. Pour your life into that. In fact, he says, if you do, verse 20, you will recognize this truth of hope. In verse 20, the Bible says, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. Now, it's interesting, the juxtaposition of the phrases in verse 20, the God of peace will soon crush Satan. You have peace and crush alongside of each other. And, and those don't usually go with each other. Usually you think when, when, when you have peace, you're making an appeasement, but not this kind of peace. This is a different kind of peace. Instead of an appeasement, it's a crushing, it's a defeat of Satan. The God of peace 
will crush Satan under your feet. Satan should not be ignored. He is an evil one, and he's doing evil work in this world. But neither, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, should you be afraid of Satan. Satan is a roaring lion, the Bible tells us. But it also tells us that Satan is on a very short leash. So you don't have to be afraid of him. And Paul reminds us, here's the picture you should have. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Now, you may feel more like Satan's crushed you this week, but that's not the end of the story. You may feel defeated by Satan, but you're not. I'd like you to focus in this verse on the word soon. Soon. Genuine peace is accomplished not through an appeasement of the enemy, but through defeat of the enemy. And this verse says the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Impress on your mind that word soon. Listen, you may feel like Satan is crushing you rather than you crushing Satan. The decisions that you've made or the trials in your life or something that's happened to someone in your life has made you feel that Satan right now has the upper hand. I know that it feels that way. I understand that it feels that way. I felt that way. But the Bible tells us that that feeling is not the truth. The truth is, soon, soon the God of peace will crush Satan. The truth is you are in the position because of your love for Jesus Christ and your trust in him. You are in the position of ultimate victory. You may not feel it, yet it is true. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Let's talk to God together. Our Father, we remind ourselves today of faith, of hope. We remind ourselves of the truth. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world, Satan. God, you are greater. Nothing can separate me from the love of Christ. God, you are stronger. God, you have a love that's deeper and broader wider and higher than anything else in all this world. And I can rely on it. It goes to the depth of my heart, the depth of my need. And so, Father, right now, even in those areas of my life that may look hopeless, I realize that the way I feel is not the truth. That the truth is, you have a plan. And that plan is to give eternal hope into the lives of all who trust in you. And so I refresh my faith in you today. And I ask that you give me the strength to live by faith today. It's so difficult, God, not to just live reacting to the circumstances around me. Today, I pray that you would give me the strength to instead of just react to the circumstances, help me to have the strength to rejoice in the fact that whatever the circumstances, you are for me, you are with me, you have a plan for me. Thank you, Jesus, in your name. Amen.